Welcome to Divine Inspiration by Dantisha James. Today we are going to be talking about being patient. Yes, being patient. I can remember my impatient self driving home. I believe when I drive, God is helping me get better with the rate road rage. <laughs> I do not like being behind a person driving in the fast lane and going slow. It will not get over it. It used to frustrate me, like, why be in the fast lane when you know you are not going to go fast? But through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, too, <laughs> I had in still in the process of learning to not get frustrated when I drive behind someone that's going slow. Because frustration is affliction from the enemy. Satan will love for us to stay frustrated and angry and upset. But God does not want us to do it as God's children. And it's nothing but our flesh desires. So now what I do is I sing a song. I worship the Lord while I'm driving. And sometimes when I get impatient, especially when I have a place to go, I ask the Lord to please help me be patient and get me to the place safely. And um, I thank God for transportation. I thank him for heat. I thank him. So I try to change my tones and my, and my words out of my mouth instead of the enemy afflicting me with the frustration that I used to have, even though I'm still in the process. I'm not completely saying I'm out of this situation because I'm not yet, um, but it's getting better. And so I say what my weakest areas that I am still in in the process is patient is yes we are all we are all going to talk we are going to talk about patience. So I'm still in the process of trying to get better while I drive and not be impatient. So let's get into the word of God. You ready to get into the word of God? I love the word of God. We're going to go into James chapter 5 verse 7 through 9. The word of God says this, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. And Jesus Christ will come as the judge to punish the wicked and to reward the righteous and deliver them from wrongs wrongs, and they have suffered. Wrongs they have suffered. Patient is the ability to wait on God's timing and for the fulfillment of his promises. It is also involves patient with people and enduring of injustice, suffering, trouble, and mistreatment while committing our lives to God in the faith that he will make all things work together for our good. The motive for patience and perseverance in the faith is approaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. He stands before the door. The door may not open until tomorrow, next week, or next year, but it will open in his timing. Let's go back into the word of God. So we're going to go back into James chapter 5, verse 10 through 11. And it says this, brothers and sisters, in the example of patience in force of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as you know, we count as we count as blessed. Those who have persevered, you have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. And so the word translated patient in Greek is hopomon, is better render endurance of perseverance. It indicates endurance in whatever trials we may face without losing our faith in God. 
It is born of a faith that trumpets to the end in the midst of suffering. Job is an example who endure uh, of, of suffering. Job is an example who endures suffering. The outcome of the Lord's dealing with Job reveals that in all Job's afflictions, God cared deeply about him and mercifully sustained him. James wants us to know that God is concerned about all his people. You heard that. Let me say it again. James wants us to know that God is concerned about all his people and that in our suffering, God will sustain us and love us, compassionate, mercy. Let's get into Job. Let's read Job. Job chapter 42, verse 10. After Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortune and gave him twice as much as he had before. That was a blessing because <laughs> Job had a lot of things that he went through, a lot of trials he went through, a lot of even his close friends was going against him. But Job still had mercy and he prayed for his friends. And then God gave him double, double for what he had lost. I'm telling you, I would be in a, in a, in a, in a house. I'd be shouting and dancing. Yeah, yeah. Look at that, Satan. Look what God done. You thought you had me. Boy, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'll be like King David dancing for the Lord. Okay, so God's redemptive purpose with respect of Job's suffering was an occupation, I mean, accomplished. God had allowed Job to suffer for reasons that Job did not understand. God never allows believers to suffer without a spiritual purpose. Even though we may not understand the reasons, we must trust God in such circumstances, knowing that in his perfect justice, he will do what is internally best for his kingdom in us. Every person who remains faithful to God in the midst of trials and afflictions of this life will ultimately come to that joyous and blessed state when he or she enjoys the presence of God for all eternity. Let's get back into the word of God. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 5, the word of God says this, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boost. It is not proud. It does not honor it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. So love is patient in face of being hurt or mistreated. It involves waiting for others without resistment. Love is kind, which involves an acting for the good of others, even when it does not benefit ourselves. It could be by giving up, it could be given, sorry, it could be by giving up our seat on the bus to someone else who might be, who might need it to, uh, who might need it more than us. Or might be giving a cup of coffee or buying someone a cup of coffee at work. Love does not, um, does not insist on its own way. Love is not selfish. Hmm. Love focuses on the needs of others. You heard that? Let me say it again. Love focuses on the needs of others. Love does not keep records of wrongs. It is impossible to love someone and hold grudges against them for things they may, uh, may have done in the past. Love as an activity in a, a behavior, not just an inner feeling or motivation. The, um, the various aspects of love included here are characterized by God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as one. We as believers must seek to grow and learn in this kind of love. In Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 5, the word of God says this. 
Not only so, but we also glory in this, our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given to us. So we can rejoice in our tribulations because they are too are redeemed for our good in Christ. The word tribulation refers to all kinds of trials that may press in upon us. This includes such things as the pressure of financial or physical needs, trying circumstances, sorrow, sicknesses, persecution, mistreatment, or loneliness. In the middle of the, these trials, in the middle of these troubles, the grace of God enables us to seek his face more delightfully and producing in us persevering spirit and characteristic that overcome the trials of life. Instead of us, instead of driving us to despair and suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces proven character and proven character results in mature hope that will not disappoint. So what is hope? What is hope? Hope in, in, in English, the word of hope in the Bible, in the Bible, I mean, in the Bible, in dictionary, it says um, hope is not a hope, so hope, but a, a no, so hope. It is sure we will experience it because our God is the God of hope. God's grace lets, God's grace lets us look beyond our present problems to a favorite hope in God and a certain hope for the return of our Lord to establish righteousness and godliness in the new heaven and the new earth. In the meantime, God has poured, has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit to comfort us in our trials in being Christ's pres um, presence near. And so in James chapter one, verse two through four, the word of God says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So James, um, James regarded trials as innovative. He said, well, not if you fall into various trials. At the same time, trials are occasions for joy, not discouraged. We can count it all joy in the midst of trials because they are used to produce patience. And patience is an ancient Greek word, hopomon. This word does not describe as a passive wanting, I mean a passive waiting, but an active endurance. It isn't so much the quality that helps you sit quietly in the doctor's waiting room as it is the quality that helps you finish at the marathon. Knowing that this testing of our faith produces patience, faith is tested through trials, not produced by trials. Let me say it again. Faith is tested through trials, not produced by trials. Trials reveal with what faith we do have, not because God doesn't know how much faith we have, but so that our faith will be evidence to ourselves and to those around us. Spurgeon says this, we notice that it is faith that it is tested and it is shows that faith is important. And precious because only precious things are tested. So truly, faith as vital to salvation as the heart is vital to the body. Let me say it again. Faith is as vital to salvation as the heart is vital to our body. If trials don't produce faith, what does? In Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So supernaturally, faith is built on us. As we hear, understand, and trust in God's word. 
James did not um, want um, um, want only one to think that God sends trials to break down or destroy our faith. Therefore, he was coming back to the point. This point you can read in James chapter one, verse thirteen through eighteen. But trials don't produce faith. But when trials are received with faith, it produces patience. Let me say it again. When trials are received with faith, it produces faith and patience. Yet patience is no inevitably produced in times of trials. If difficulties are received in unbelieving and grumbling trials can produce bitterness and discouragement. This is why James teaches us to count it all joy. Counting all joy is Faith responds to at a time of trials. I'm going to get out and tell you, I feel like this weekend I have been on trials. <laughs> this weekend and in the first day I didn't do good. The first day I was crying and the first day I was upset and the first day I was talking to God, why did this have to happen and crying in tears? And then the next day I thought I knew it was Satan just trying to flick me. I said, oh, no, no, I'm a cat of all joy. Oh, oh God, I can't wait to see what doors you're ready to open up. You're going to open up some big doors for me. Oh, God got something good in store for me. Oh, all this stuff that the, the enemy keeps afflicting me on because I do the word of God and do, preach the word of God. Oh, I had to give God the glory because I know God's working something good out of this. Even in the part while I was crying, even in the part when I didn't understand, even when the part when I didn't understand, why will God do this and why will God put me through this? But then I realized and I remember what James says, count it out joy, count it out joy. So the work of patience endures comes slowly and must be allowed to have full bloom. Patience endures is a mark of the person who is perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Some people think that the terms come from the world of sacrifices where only a potential sacrificial animal that was judged to be perfect and complete lacking nothing was to fit to offer God, which means the animal had been tested and approved. In James chapter 1 verse 4 says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Naturally, tendencies of trouble is not to sanctify, but to induce sin. A man is very apt to become unbelieving under affliction. That is sin. He is apt to murmur against God under, it's, it's under the sin, and that's a, it is sin. But yet trials can prove wonderful works in, of God in us. I have looked back, Spurgeon says, I have looked back to times of trials with a kind longer not to have them again. But he looked back to trials to see how God was working in his faith and his life. Thank you so much for listening to Divine Inspiration. God bless you.